Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi, a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi, and tonight's episode is on BDSM, and in particular, the BDSM body map template. And I'd like to talk about a little bit about negotiations, and I know oftentimes I'll have someone that wants to play with me, and they don't really have any specific idea of you know, they're new to BDSM and they aren't sure what they want to do or get into and they kind of uh, ask them in general, what do you like? And oftentimes they say, oh, I'll do anything you want to do. <laughs> um, into everything. And usually that's not really true. So I've discovered there's some good tools to use to get into BDSM. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, basically, there's the BDSM interest evaluation, which is a great tool for identifying not only areas of interest, but also areas where you may have fears, areas that you don't like, and really goes into some specific information about play scenes and it covers a lot of territory <laughs> and then i came up with the just recently the bdsm body map template and this tool is used 
as a part of your negotiations for a BDSM scene. By utilizing this template, you can graphically illustrate play areas on your body for the submissive, as well as off-limit areas and areas where a medical condition may limit play. And so it's a really good tool because one of the things I hear out there a lot is that, well, I asked them if they had any medical conditions and they said, oh, no. And then we got to playing and it turns out they had twisted their ankle or some little minor injury that was interfering with their play. And so this tool is a good tool to use to ensure that you're covering all the bases before your scene begins. Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah, I know that we, when you had me first start my training, you had me fill out a body map of things that I liked and areas that I, I liked play on. Yeah, and that was the erotic body map, mm-hmm. which is really excellent take. <laughs> mm-hmm. And through exploring in myself, I found areas that I didn't know were things I really liked or I didn't really have any areas on the erotic body map that I wasn't into at all or that were off limits for me. But I definitely learned about how my body responds to different things. And it's a really wonderful tool. Oh, yes. (laughs) And just... Like the erotic body map, the BDSM body map's a good tool to really become more clear with your own body where you like play. And our bodies have many areas that are great for a variety of BDSM activities that can include things like impact play, electric play, hot wax play, knife edge play, cock and ball torture or vulva torture, fire play, all kinds of different play activities. And so by filling out the BDSM body map template, it gives your dominant specific information on where it's okay to hit you or whip you or paddle you and where you can do electrical play and what's off limits for you and where you can do all kinds of different things. And so it helps identify what's a good area on your body because we all have slight differences, neurologically speaking, in how we receive sensations. And some BDSM play zones are highly sensitive and can be great for play scenes, but sometimes they need warming up a little bit more than just your normal play. And so those are areas you can identify in the BDSM body map template. And we have a diagram of the male and female body, front and back. And it's on these that you use symbol codes and color codes to code where you like play, play areas that have limitations, and then off-limit areas. And also the hot play areas where you really get turned on and into receiving the pain and flying high in subspace. And our last show was on flying higher in subspace. And and part of being able to fly higher is developing trust and 
this is a process, and I think it's through negotiations and and the interest evaluation and doing the body map that helps provide the information you need to build a stronger bond of trust. And I know that we've gone through the evaluation and through the interest evaluation and through a lot of negotiations before we started playing. And how was that for you? (laughs) It was a very good experience for me because it really put my mind at ease. It's one of the reasons I was able to trust you to give over my power to you and let you play me because it showed me that you really cared about me and about my well-being. And I knew that you had taken the time to really consider a lot of different things that I think sometimes doms don't really take the time to really map out and figure out. Yeah. And I think the other thing it does for the dominant is by going through the interest evaluation and the BDSM body map, it gives the dominant more information to work with in designing the scene because it's really up to the dominant to plan out and design the scenes that we play. And so by going through the interest evaluation, you get to learn a lot of information, not just on BDSM play, but also on just physical stimulation and how it feels and what kinds of fears or what kinds of interests does your submissive have? What are they into? What do they really like? And what's something they enjoy, but doesn't fire them up real big, but knowing those areas that are safe to play in and knowing off-limit areas. So it's a lot of good information that I know me as a dominant, I feel more secure knowing that information going into a scene. So it can really help out. And it helps me focus more attention once I've completed these steps on the scene and taking a submissive on that journey into flying in subspace and being able to really work with the energy more because I've got all the information I need to, as far as the technical side, all worked out. So any thoughts about the evaluation or the yeah BDSM um, body map? Yeah, definitely. One of the things that you mentioned was areas that are off limits. And one of the things that you should take into account when you're thinking about areas that are off limits, a lot of people think of things like if they have a medical condition and there's an area that is going to mess with their medical condition or things like the kidneys where no one should do play on those areas. Yeah, the below the rib cage above mm-hmm. the pubic bone is kind of your where all your important organs are and mm-hmm. you don't want to impact on those hard or you could cause physical damage. Mm-hmm. And that's front and back. 
Yeah. Above the buttocks and under the rib cage. Mm -hmm. But I think that one of the things that people may not take into consideration when they, especially when they first start getting into BDSM, is areas that are going to bring up emotional turmoil because they're wrapped with trauma. I know that a lot of people, particularly people who either were abused, either physically or mentally or sexually, um, there are areas that are very triggering to people that can bring up uh, an emotional response that neither the dom or the sub would be ready to handle. So it's important to remember those areas too as you're filling out this body map. Mm-hmm. And that's why we'll get into it when, in fact, we're going to the color coding next. By color coding, you graphically illustrate where's good to play and where's off limits and where places you need to be kind of moderate or light. And there's some areas that are just good for sensation play, but not for your usual BDSM play. <laughs> and there's so many different sensation play activities that you can do, even in the kidney zone area, like hot wax play or knife edge play or electric play and other sensation toys. So those can be color-coded in, too. So uh, I'd like to kind of go over the color coding system. And this training is going to be available on my website at some point soon. I mean, the charts and the diagrams. And I'll be offering those free of charge for people to download if they want to. <laughs> but the color coding system, we're all wired differently at a neurological level. This template's a tool to graphically illustrate a unique map of your body. Use colored pencils or crayons to color code your BDSM zones using the following color code representations. And red is the hot area. These are good for a highly intense BDSM play. Orange is kind of a warm area. They're good for moderate play, but you don't want to do heavy play there. And yellow is for light play. Green is bondage play. How you like to be tied up, where you like to be tied up. Some people don't like to be tied up in certain areas or certain ways. So with green, you can illustrate on the body what parts of your body do you like tied up. Purple is the sensation play area. Blue is medical condition area. And... You want to code that and then let your dominant know what the medical condition is and how it's going to restrict play. And black is the cold area, off limits. And so these are the areas of the body that don't want any type of play done on. And I know some people have all kinds of different conditions. I know that I've got a bad knee and not only a bad knee, but a lot of scar tissue. And if you have a lot of scar tissue... That's an area you don't want to do any kind of heavy play on. <laughs> but anyway, any thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I think a few things to keep in mind, like with the medical areas, 
there might be something that you don't think of until it comes up. I know for me, we have to be careful about bondage with me because I have really poor circulation. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we can't do bondage, but Gigi does have to check in on me more often. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of times where I let Gigi know that my hands are going numb and I ask for permission to move them around or be let down before a scene ends to make sure I don't have any problems with that. Yeah. I also have kind of a bad hip. And so there are times in our play when I can comfortably kneel before Gigi and we do a lot of things where I kneel in front of Gigi. But there are times when I really just can't do that. And Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about your medical conditions, remember that it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do play in those areas. You just have to be familiar with what your medical condition is and when it might bother you and... And how it restricts the play. Yeah. The scene. Mm -hmm. And those are important things to communicate. And oftentimes we don't go into these details. And that's why I love these tools is it does get into all the details you need. For a good scene. <laughs> the next part is the symbol coding. And timing can be an important factor for many of our BDSM zones. Often we need to be warmed up first before the area is ready for BDSM stimulation. This tends to hold true especially for sensitive areas and often for the genitals and anus. For areas that you need a good warm up before stimulation, Draw a circle around the area. And I know I'm the type of player, when I play submissive, I need a good warm-up all over my body before I can get into heavy play. (laughs) And so for instances like that, I draw a circle around my whole body and then little circles in areas that need extra warm-up. Variety is the spice of life. This holds true for many BDSM zones. Constant stimulation becomes a turnoff for some areas of the body. Sometimes it can be awesome to have just one area repeatedly impacted. It's a whole different kind of sensation, and it builds up over time. So those are things you want to communicate. So for BDSM zones that bring the wrong kind of pain, With too much stimulation, draw a square around the area. This indicates you like being played here, but for short periods of time. Stimulate the area for a short time, move on to another area, and then return for another short period of stimulation. Sometimes less is more. Some BDSM zones respond to a light torture or a light impact. Other areas respond better to heavy sensations. And sometimes the same area needs it light for a while, then heavy for a while. So for these areas, draw a star for light torture zones and draw a lightning bolt for heavy sensation areas. And if you're doing light followed by heavier, 
just do a series of stars and lightning bolts. Sometimes an area of our body is highly ticklish. Being tickled can be a great scene for some people. It can be off limits for others. Indicate if you're into being tickled or, or if it turns you off. And draw a triangle on areas that are ticklish. So, any thoughts about the symbol codes? When I was doing the erotic body map, I found the symbols really helped me because it made me really think about what kind of play I would want and how I would want it done. And there again, this whole body map is a great tool for learning about yourself. It's great for informing your dom about you, but it also does a lot for us to learn about ourselves. And this tool can be used over time because sometimes we don't know certain information about our own bodies. But after playing a few scenes, you realize, oh, I'm really not into this thing, but I am into that. And so the body map, I mean the BDSM body map, can be a great tool for mapping those out on your body as you discover what you like and don't like. I also think that it can be a really good tool for different kinds of scenes. It might be good to fill one of these out at first and go from there as a starting point. And then as you learn better what you like and you learn better the kinds of play that your dom is into then you can fill out a new one later. And if there's a particular scene that you're planning with a dom, you could fill out one of these body maps that was specifically for that particular scene. Yeah, because there's so many different activities you can get into in BDSM. Like I just mentioned a few of them earlier in the show, fire play, electric play, and different forms of torture, impact play, even things like caning or paddles or flogging. All of those have different sensations and produce different sensations. And they can be used at low, medium, and high intensity. So just getting a good feel for where that takes you as a submissive. And part of it's what makes you fly deeper what makes you fly higher when you do a scene and so this is a great tool to give your dominant information to help guide you in your flight and subspace mm -hmm. <laughs> any other thoughts about the symbol codes because this is still a work in progress so if there's anything that needs to be added I'd love to hear from our audience any suggestions they have. Let me know and we'll add it into the body map. <laughs> yeah, that kind of gets to a point that I wanted to make is that this is kind of a base template, but as you work with this tool, you really can customize it to oh, definitely. what you want and what you're into and how this tool works best for you. Some of the symbols might not be ones that 
you need very much of. And it might be that there's a specific kink that you're into that there aren't symbols for. And really, this is to give a dom the most information they can have to help better prepare a scene for you. I think that one of the marks of a really good dom is the ability to craft a scene very well. Most of the best scenes that I've had are ones that I know that Gigi has spent a lot of time thinking about exactly where he wants to take me and how he wants to take me on this journey. And I think that having a tool like this helps him know in advance and it gives him a better idea of how to build that scene to properly bring out whatever he's trying to bring out in me. Mm-hmm. And I think for dominance, it is a great tool, not just the BDSM map, but also the BDSM interest evaluation. They kind of work hand in hand together. And I know for me, oftentimes I'll be thinking about, oh, what do I want to do tonight? And then I'll pull out the interest evaluation and kind of review through it and think, oh, we haven't done this in a while. This might be a fun activity to get into. And I know that Paul's into this because it's one he showed that he liked. (laughs) And so using these tools gives the dominant a lot more areas to work with. And I think basically communication is key, and these are great communication tools. And whether you use these tools or use some other form of communication, it's really good to get that specific information, not just very broad information, before you go into a scene. I completely agree. I think it's also very important to not just fill out the the body map and give it to your dom, but to work also, on it together. Yeah, work on it together and have a conversation about it afterwards because your dom might bring up something that you hadn't considered when you first did it. And if you treated it like a worksheet that you're handing into your teacher and that conversation didn't happen, that's a gap in the information that is on your sheet. So I think it's important to not only use these tools, but also to really discuss it afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to our next section. And I've got an extra addition to the body map that's not exactly part of the body map, but really important. And that's identifying your aftercare needs. And it's basically a checklist where you can add detailed information. And I'll go through it real quick because everybody's going to be different. And what you need for aftercare may be very different from what one of my other play partners needs for aftercare. And that's good information to know. So I'd like to kind of go through some of these. And there's many other forms you can add to this. But I need to be wrapped up in a blanket. 
I need to be held by my dominant. I enjoy the following while being held. And it could be that you like being rocked or just cuddled or caressed while being held. Any number of other activities while your dominant's holding you. I need a drink of water as part of aftercare. I need to eat some comfort food, food that brings memories from the childhood that feels comforting to the submissive. And you might want to make a list of some of the foods that you find are very comforting and nourishing for you. And especially if you have kind of hidden disabilities like low blood sugar or you need a certain snack to keep your energy at the right levels, that's good information to provide. I need to be praised for my performance during the scene. And oftentimes a submissive needs that as part of aftercare. I need to sit together in silence. I just want to process what happened in the scene. I need isolation and quiet time in order to process the scene internally. I need a quiet activity to perform with my hands. Some people are very much into the tactile kinesthetic and really need something hands-on to do as a part of their cool down and returning to reality from after flying in the scene. I need to be told that I'm a good boy or girl. I need comforting touch. Enlist how you like to be touched during aftercare. And then other needs, and list what other needs you have. So that's pretty much the aftercare needs checklist. Anything you want to add to that? Some of the things that I really like in aftercare, I like a lot of physical touch. And one of the ones that you mentioned was being told that I'm a good boy. Like that's something that very specifically speaks to me because part of going through BDSM is facing the negative things inside of your psyche that bother you. And I know that in the past I've had a lot of trouble with feeling like everyone loves me, but that's just because I help them and I do nice things for them. But if they knew about my darker thoughts or if they knew about some of the things that just came up, they wouldn't think that I was a good person and maybe I'm not a good person. And having that reassurance, being told that I'm a good boy, that I'm good, really does make me feel a lot more comfortable and it helps me feel more confident in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of times after a scene, both me and Gigi need a cigarette. Mm -hmm. You know, if you happen to be a cigarette smoker, that can definitely be part of your aftercare. There's so many different things, and aftercare is very personal to both the dom and the sub in that particular scene. A lot of times it's more focused on the sub's needs, but the dom's needs should also be taken into account. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would like to mention that one of the things I do as a dominant is I do have a mentor that's separate from my play that I can call up and I do a regular check-in once a week with her. 
And it's just good to have someone that you can bounce things off, you can process, you can just discuss what's going on. And that can help a lot for a dominant. It gives you that kind of reinforcement and support you need as a dom. And it's not a weakness to have a support as a dominant. In fact, it makes you a better dom. <laughs> I also think that as a sub, there are people other than my dom that I have that I can talk about my experiences with Gigi to because I trust Gigi and we do talk about all of the things that I go through. But sometimes knowing that I have someone who is not as invested in the BDSM and the play that we do, that I can just bounce things off of, that I can use as a sounding board to talk about the really great things, the things that I'm really getting out of it and really happy about, and that can provide me with some validation. Or it might be things that I've had hard times with, and I would never talk with anyone behind Gigi's back in a negative way, and I definitely wouldn't talk with anyone about anything I hadn't already talked thoroughly about with Gigi, but it can be good to have other support people in your life as a sub that you can talk to that you don't feel judged about your interest in BDSM. So I do suggest both doms and subs finding people outside of the BDSM relationship that they can talk to about what they're going through. Oh, yeah. And I do want to say that aftercare is the area that the strongest bonds between the sub and dominant occur. It's part of the sub-dominant dynamics. And we were talking to a woman last night about how in BDSM, the trust isn't just a stated trust. It's a living trust. When I give my body or when Paul gives his body to me to be torture and to play with as I desire and within his boundaries and limits, that's a living trust. It's going that one step beyond and it's very powerful. And having that aftercare time, that processing time, really strengthens the bonds and really brings that kind of nurturing and closeness between the sub and the dom. One of the things that I find is through very good aftercare, there have been a lot of limits that I had that I always assumed were hard limits that were places I would never go. And now I'm realizing that as I go through this process, they weren't hard limits. They just were things that I wasn't ready for yet. And I know that a lot of my ability to overcome those limits has come from good aftercare, from good communication with Gigi, uh, both during scenes and after scenes and before scenes. I had a new point of growth last night, uh, and it's something I never thought I would 
it first of all it's something i never thought i would be into or even okay with and i definitely never thought that i would be telling people about it but one of the things that i am ready to admit to the world is i am a sex slave i am a slave i belong to gigi and that's extremely powerful for me because for a very long time i had such a a negative not a negative view of people who did it but to me it triggered some deep fears giving up control of my life to another person and it's only been through extremely good bonding and through tremendous trust that i've been able to go there and to find out that wasn't a hard limit after all mhm and we're to our station break time <laughs> we'll come back to this after the station break but i do want to remind people to check out our website at ravenslayerleather.com. We've got free stuff. We've got video training programs if you want to go more in depth on some of this stuff. Not only in sex, but also in BDSM. We cover a lot of territory in these training films. And they're pretty reasonably priced. I'm still working on the membership side. I'm about to change and go to a new place because the site I'm working with, it's just not working correctly. So if you're still interested in being a member, bear with us for a little while. I'll have it up soon. <laughs> and when I do, I'll post it on the website. And you look like you had something you wanted to say. <laughs> I also want to let people know that it takes a lot of effort and a lot of money to put the show out and do it every week and it's something that we both do because we love it very much and so far Gigi's been doing it out of his pocket but we really could use support from our listeners so if there's anyone out there interested in helping to support our show, we have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi. And also through the website, we have a number of different training films, and they're all priced pretty well. Most of them are about 10 bucks per training session. And, and it's not just for one training Mm -hmm. It's for a whole group of them. Like, mm -hmm. I've got all the BDSM basics in one package for $10. I've got BDSM intermediate package for $10. I've got the erotic body map for $10. So there's a lot of different programs. Then I've got one big one that's learning how to live a sex-positive lifestyle, and it includes some of the other trainings like the erotic body map, it goes into the BDSM basics, it goes into morning affirmations and guided 
erotic meditations, it covers a lot of territory. And that one's a little more expensive. But consider it by starting to change and put into practice some of these skills and abilities and learning new techniques to raise that sexual energy. It can really transform your life. It can, I know people in the past who have had problems with depression and with just real low energy start putting this into practice and they've come back and said, wow, this is incredible what it's done to help me change my life. I feel more energized. I feel happier. <laughs> so check out ravenslayerleather.com. Okay, well, back to aftercare. <laughs> I think that one of the things I really like about aftercare is that connection that forms between the dom and sub. You know, you've just gone through this intense scene, you've had this dynamic power exchange, and then that aftercare, that moment to process all this stuff internally. And it's really a good time to really work through the process of the emotions and the things you've experienced and let it kind of be with it for a while, be present with it for a while in quietness. It can be so healing and so nurturing just to go through that process and slowly return back. And even the Dom, I know when I do an intense scene, I'm riding the subspace. I'm flying along next to him. Not in the same way, but I am journeying as well as the submissive. And so it is a good time for the dominant to kind of get back into the regular state of functioning. <laughs> so did you have any more you wanted to say on aftercare? Yeah. So I think that for people who are naturally submissive, one of the things that goes with that is sometimes getting comfortable going without and having trouble stating your needs and asking for your needs to be met because you just want to please your dumb so much. And while it might feel like you're inconveniencing them a little less by not asking for something that you really want or need. need. <laughs> yeah. While it might slightly inconvenience them to ask for that thing, it will make your bond so much stronger and they will get more out of the relationship that you have if you do. And sometimes it can be scary, especially if what you need you feel might not be what your what your dom would really like in that moment sometimes the sub needs space and the dom would like to have a closeness with them in that moment but as a sub when you do need space you should let your dom know and if you have a good dom they should understand and respect your needs and even respect you for pushing past your 
comfort level to let them know. And I think that's something that this checklist helps with. In fact, all the evaluation tools for BDSM are really designed to help people communicate their needs and boundaries better. And needs and boundaries are important to recognize, even as a submissive. You do have needs and boundaries. And ultimately, it's a submissive that has the ultimate control of the scene through safe words. And definitely use safe words <laughs> as part of your scene. And I think by going through a checklist like this, sometimes you don't even think about it before you're already into it. And by going through the checklist, it gives you time to think about, well, what would I need after a scene? What do I need? And what are my boundaries? And all these tools are there to help create better scenes for both the dom and the submissive. And all the aftercare needs I've just listed are ones that I've seen dominants use over many, many years as part of their aftercare with subs. So it's not something unusual or out of the ordinary. It's part of a BDSM scene. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's one of the other things that a lot of subs kind of struggle with is thinking things that they want and need are somehow inherently bad or wrong or just too weird or something. And they're afraid that they're going to ruin a really good scene by asking for something that to them feels like a really weird request. But in actuality, it's not. Everyone's built differently. Everyone has different needs. Everyone ticks a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. It's not something to feel ashamed for or self-conscious about. I'd like to kind of review a little bit. Once the submissive completes the BDSM template, body map template, sit and review it together as part of your negotiations. Ravenslayer offers the BDSM interest evaluation, which is free of charge on our website. It's a free service. So feel free to download it and put it to use. All these are good tools to open the door to specific communication about things we don't usually talk about. And I think it helps to have something guide us through that. I know I would have loved tools like this when I first started out. That's partly why I developed some of them, is to make the process easier and more comfortable to work with. Because when we get into BDSM play, we do get into, especially if you include sex as part of your play, which I do, especially for intense scenes, you want to talk specifically about sex and safer sex. And in the interest evaluation, we go through what are your safer sex practices? What's off limits? What do you require? It goes into a whole lot more than just interest goes into some of your fears, some of your dislikes, some of the things that may 
impact the scene, like your medical conditions. I even have you write out a BDSM fantasy, whether it includes sex or not. And I do cover sex acts that you're into or, or off limits. So it gets very specific, but it's a good communication tool to use for Dom and a sub. And after all, you are playing with each other's bodies. It may not be sexual play. It may be just pure impact play, but you're still playing with a body. <laughs> and so before you play with a body, it's good to communicate these things specifically and get into it. And it can be a lot of fun going through the evaluation with somebody if you're dominant, being evaluated. I know when I evaluated you, you got excited through parts of it. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it asks a lot of interesting questions about different forms of BDSM play. And I know that when I do the evaluation with the submissive and I see, oh, their interest perked up here, let's dig a little deeper, what's going on? Or if they're tense up and there's fear, I dig a little deeper and find out what's going on here. So it's a very exciting dynamic process to use these tools and really get to know what you're going to be doing with your submissive. And it's not like you have to do this before every scene. It's good to do a check-in, but to do the full evaluation is mostly for new play partners, or if you haven't done it with your play partner, you might find new activities that you'd want to get into as part of your scene that is open for both of y'all. It's a communication tool. And too often in our culture, we don't communicate enough about sex and about BDSM. We just kind of jump in and do it. And that can be risky. <laughs> Any thoughts? So one of the things that I experienced going through the interest evaluation and going through the body map and learning about my body and how it works and what I like and what I don't like is that there were times that it really surprised me. I was almost as surprised by some of my answers as you were. Um, mm -hmm. And that's very powerful because if it's not something that you know immediately that you're into, that you've fantasized before about, sometimes it just takes being asked a question and having to come up with an answer to realize and uncover things that were inside of you that you didn't know about. And I love BDSM because it is such a healthy process of bonding and connecting and power exchange. It feeds both of us. It feeds my sadistic nature, feeds Paul's masochist nature. And we're both getting so much out of it. It's not like I'm taking something from him or I'm giving everything to him. It's a very symbiotic relationship and very powerful. And once you've reviewed the template and aftercare needs, you're ready to negotiate your scene. Be clear in your communications about what will occur in the scene. 
By completing your negotiations, you're ready to play out the scene. The benefits of negotiating a scene instill a deeper bond of trust, and it helps build that dominant-submissive dynamic and helps to ensure that all players have a great BDSM play scene. It's very powerful tools that really do help in this process. And I can't stress enough utilizing these tools. It will make your play so much smoother and better. You'll just discover a whole new process of when you do scenes. And I even go into, with some of the training films, some of the ways to work with the headspace and some of the areas you can really develop more fully as both the sub and the dominant. So it's very powerful information. And I kind of like to summarize, the body map is a great communication tool to use as part of your negotiations. It utilizes both verbal and nonverbal communication to set boundaries and limits, as well as illustrating how your body responds to BDSM play. Important information is less likely to be omitted by taking time to complete the template and review the information verbally. By completing this process, you'll have all the information needed for the BDSM scene and will have obtained informed consent for your scene. And I think informed consent is very beneficial for everybody. I know that by going into these specifics, it can be very powerful and very helpful. And it does involve the process of gaining informed consent, which really helps make the scene take off. And it builds that stronger bond of trust. Any thoughts? <laughs> I'd kind of like to go back to a point that I made earlier about as a sub mm -hmm. knowing how to voice your needs and your concerns. And I think one of the reasons that can be difficult for a lot of subs is because it almost feels like a demand. And in some ways, and sometimes, it is. You're letting your dom know what you need. It is okay as a sub to have things that you demand, that you expect, and, and have boundaries. These are all healthy things to have sometimes, but I know that in the submissive mindset, it, it feels almost like a reversal of roles, but it's not. And so it's important to remember that it is okay as a sub to have boundaries and concerns and things that you expect of your dom. And that's part of good psychological safety. Oftentimes in BDSM, the psychological safety isn't delved into as it should be. And I think providing good psychological safety is paramount for a scene to really go well. I definitely agree. I couldn't agree more with that. And so it is the responsibility of all players to identify boundaries, identify your desires, your 
off-limit areas, really go into a detailed review of what you are into. Do a detailed negotiation before you play. And it really sets the stage for a very powerful scene when you take the time to go through this process. And I know that I've taken so many people on such an amazing journey into subspace. It can be so rewarding, not just for the sub, but for me to take them on this journey. It's something that's amazing. Plus, it gets my dick so hard when I get so sadistic. <laughs> and I enjoy it so much. It's like, ooh, baby. <laughs> and I think it's something that gets the submissive turned on, too. It's at many different levels. I've done this process with so many submissives going through the evaluation. And I remember one woman I was doing it with and stopped about two-thirds through it, and she said, damn, you're making me wet just talking about all this stuff. I've never talked to anybody about this stuff before. So it can really open up a whole new part of ourselves to each other. But any thoughts, Paul? I agree with everything that you're saying. I think that having these tools at our disposal to use to help build better scenes really does a lot to get the most out of the scenes that you do and out of BDSM in general. I think that it's very important to know what you're trying to go after and knowing what your dom is trying to go after. And it's a journey that you take together. Oh, yeah. I kind of think of it as like I wouldn't go on a road trip without knowing where I'm going and having some idea of where I want to go and what I want to do. That's part of the planning process. And I take roadmaps and take the tools I need to line up reservations ahead of time so that I'm ensured a really good journey. And that's how I see these tools. It ensures that we have a really good journey in our BDSM placings and that we take each other to new heights of amazing subspace and ecstasy and bringing that catharsis. And it can be so healing going through this process. I know it's healed me at many deep levels, but I think that pretty much covers it. Do you have anything else you want to add, Paul? The last thing I want to say is that through utilizing these tools, I remember one of the important things that Gigi let me know is that for most scenes, we completely negotiate before our scene. But sometimes there will be things that Gigi wants to surprise me with. But Gigi will only surprise me with kinds of play that he knows that I like. He won't ever pop something that I'm uncomfortable about or scared of as a surprise for me. And that's one of the things that you can do with both the BDSM evaluation and the body map 
is if you are the kind of player who does like to be surprised sometimes, it gives your dom the tools to know what areas he can surprise you with or what kinds of play he can or she or they can surprise you with and it still be okay and consensual. Oh yeah. And I think informed consent is really key in all this. That and good communication, specific communication. And that's what these tools are designed for, to give the two of you an opportunity to explore and identify your needs, your boundaries, your desires, your everything that will help make an amazing good scene. And I know the energy flows so much better when you have all this information up front and you're not second-guessing yourself. So I think that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. Go out, have a good experience, raise that good sexual energy, enjoy the process of playing and enjoying adult play. Take some time to pleasure yourself. Take some time to explore some of the darker side of sexuality through BDSM play. It can be very rewarding. It opens the door to some of the things that we don't normally get to experience. And I know some things can be a little difficult, but it's the difficult things that I've found that really help us grow the most. When we just do things that are easy, we don't grow as much. But it can be so enjoyable to really explore and discover new things that get you really turned on and really into a whole new headspace and feeling the catharsis and the power of BDSM from both sides as a sub or as a dom. I know I've experienced both sides as a switch, and it's just so magical. <laughs> so with that, go explore and enjoy, and have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. 
Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.